Welcome to Analyze Asia, the podcast dedicated to dissect the pulse of business, technology, and media in Asia. The show is sponsored by IdealWorkspace.com, which promotes a healthier way of working through their adjustable standing desks. Check out their latest smart adjustable standing desk at aspirus.co, A-S-P-I-R-U-S dot C-O, and linkshus.com, where you can sell your products everywhere. Hi, Ryan. Hi, how's it going? I'm well. You are in San Francisco, right? I am. I'm in San Francisco, and it's beautiful over here today. It's like low 80s and sunny. You are definitely one of my special guests. We are talking to Ryan Hoover. Yes, the Ryan Hoover co-founder of Product Hunt. So Ryan, I like your platform and I have a lot of my, whether it's my interns, prodigies who build products, they all love your platform. So maybe Thank you. to start off, maybe we want to talk a little bit about your backstory. How did you ever actually get started in the technology startup business? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, I've always kind of been as a kid in, into technology and building websites and building my own computer. In fact, when I was I, maybe 12 years old, 11 years old, when I got a chance to actually buy my own computer, I was like amazed. I was like, oh, wow, I can, I can have my own computer. It's, that's amazing. And so I've always played around with technology and then I've always done little side projects like buying and selling things and selling it on eBay and you know just different side projects. And so I moved to San Francisco almost five years ago to join a startup called Playhaven. And I was there for about three and a half years. And then in between kind of my transition from Playhaven into figuring out what to do next, I started Product Hunt. And it started off as just a simple kind of idea, a simple newsletter in the beginning, and and then took off from there. So my kind of transition to San Francisco was like many people. I, ju- I came here to join a startup and I've just generally been really curious and interested in startups and technology and new products and that kind of thing. In your previous experiences, you actually do a lot as a product manager. So how does it shape you in terms of thinking about product development and management and those insights that actually help you to build Product Hunt? Yeah, well, so I stumbled into product management actually in the first company I joined out of college. I joined a a company in the video game industry as a marketing intern to begin with, and I wasn't even paid (laughs) in the beginning. And eventually I got a job and was hired on to do marketing. And from there, I sort of naturally fell into product management. But at the time, to be honest, I had no idea what I was doing. I I barely even knew what product management was. (laughs) But I, I got this unique opportunity just to do it. And my mentor and boss at the time, he he really helped me, guide me, and and teach me various things. And so I was still terrible. For a year, I was still terrible. Two years in, still terrible in retrospect. But over time, you know, you the best way to learn product management is by actually doing it. And that could be within a company or it could frankly just be building your own projects, your own your own things on the side. That experience helped tremendously, of course, leading into Product Hunt and eventually founding a company. I think a lot of the things that you do as a product manager are very similar to what you do as, I guess, a CEO. Technically, you have to understand products. You have to also communicate with all of your teammates from engineering to design to sales and so on. And so a lot of those kind of foundational skills, the things that I now apply every day, really, really were acquired through the past like five, six years working in product management. And that comes to Product Hunt. And it is a platform where a lot of us actually go there, check out product, upvote and communicate our thoughts and on the product. So maybe mm-hmm. in simple words, can you just kind of tell my audience what Product Hunt is and also what is your vision and mission for Product Hunt? Yeah, I mean, just put it simply, Product Hunt's a place where you can find new cool technology or new cool games or books. It started off in the startup and technology space. 
So a place to find new mobile apps, websites, and so on. And we've since expanded into other categories like games and books. And actually, we have something new coming. We're doing a private beta of a new category that will be announced very shortly. And so really, the, the intention, the really the inspiration in the beginning was, you know, there's so many people creating cool things, particularly in technology. There are a lot of these mobile apps and websites and things that I enjoy playing with and talking about. They're all over the internet and scattered around. Where can I find a single, basically a single feed of what's new today? And that's where the email list came in. And then it expanded into a website where you can then chat with the makers and you can chat with other people that love products. And we've grown from there. So the ultimate goal is to expand into different communities and different categories. And how can we create a place where you can discover all kinds of great products every single day, no matter what your your interest is, whether it's technology or in the future, perhaps it's music or it's fashion or you know, it's photography, whatever you're into. So you see Product Hunt as a trend-setting site as well in that line of thinking, extrapolation of how you to go into the other categories. Yeah, and well, in some ways, I mean, it's we certainly identify trend, trends through the, the activity on the site. And at, at its core, Product Hunt is it's a community of people and, and a lot of startup people, a lot of entrepreneurs, investors, reporters, and so on, a lot of people who have their ear to the ground. And so you see a lot of things really early on come up on, on Product Hunt, and a lot of times that's where they're first discovered. Hopefully we can replicate a lot of that as we expand in other categories. Now, I do want to emphasize the fact that it's it's not Product Hunt per se as the company setting these trends, but it's really the community within it that makes it happen. That's right, which comes to the origin story of Product Hunt. It started off as a mailing list. How did you end up mm-hmm. building up this community site, specifically focusing on looking for new products? Now, I think you now have games as well in your category, yeah. which is a beta. And I think I missed out one more one more category. I think you have two categories. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're, we're in games and books and uh, ah, yeah, that's uh, right. fourth right. version. It started off as an email list in part because I just wanted to build something quickly and I'm not an engineer, so I, I also didn't want to, you know, I, I wasn't going to spend all this time learning to code just to figure out if anyone wanted this thing. <laughs> and even if I did learn, if I was an engineer, it would have taken several days to build an initial version of kind of what Product Hunt, the site is. So email took about 30, 20, 30 minutes to set up. Once I did that, I promoted it, you know, just on Twitter and shared it on Quib, which is like this entrepreneurial forum. And then it got enough subscribers, just enough to make it interesting. And over the course of several days and weeks, people were saying, hey, this is cool. I like this. This is interesting. I like finding new products every day. I look forward to the email. And from there, I actually reached out to a friend of mine. And long story short is we got together on it and together we built it. He built, did, did a lot of the design of the early version over Thanksgiving break. Uh, wow. His name is Nathan Bashaw, really talented guy and very, very much a uh, multi-talented guy. He, he knows product design, engineering and so on. And so we just started off as a little side project, worked on it for several months after that. And then there's a kind of a crossroads where you're like, okay, this thing is fun. It's it's getting some traction. People seem to like it. What do I do with it? And and you know, obviously, we we chose to build it into something hopefully bigger than what it started off as. Subsequently, Pradhan caught fire and it started to become very popular. How are the early days like? I mean, how do you actually get the word out for Product Hunt during that time so to get people discover your site and basically start contributing and also comment or you know interact yeah. with you? Yeah. Well, what what I will emphasize is the fact that it. It started before Product Hunt began. It started like when I moved to San Francisco in some respect. And what I mean by that is when Product Hunt launched as a, a newsletter, I had already built 
not a massive following by any means, but like a small enough following of people who are into this type of thing and strong enough relationships with reporters and some investors that I could reach out to. And when it launched, when I reached out, people would listen just because I'd spent years building those relationships. I had also done a lot of blogging and writing and things like that. So, you know, at least a few people respected something I had to say. So by building up that that small audience, that was a kernel of Product Hunt, the community. And from there, they spread the word and their friends of friends were invited. And, and it just went on from there. And then, of course, the design of the product is intended to be social and something that you'd share. When you find something really cool or useful, oftentimes you talk about it or you share it. And the dynamics of it, when your product is on there, you pay attention. You're like, okay, I want to participate. I want to be involved. So it's it's partly just you know building an early strong community is really important, but also building a product that is intended to grow has natural growth mechanics is really important. So any interesting war stories to share in building up the credibility of the site subsequently to getting people to check out the site? I don't know if this would be a war story per se, but what I would say is that in the beginning it took a lot of a lot of emails, a lot of tweeting, a lot of just manual effort to really make it work. And so in the very beginning, it was literally one-on-one emails. These were not even mass emails, but one-to-one emails of inviting people. I made sure everything was personal. I also emailed people as we were designing the site. We'd email them mock-ups and, and wireframes and things like that and got their feedback one-on-one. And you know, when people signed up, I would look and see who was signing up, and I would email some of those people personally. Uh, one-to-one email, just something saying, hey, welcome, Like, I'm Ryan, oh, I see you work at blah, 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 like really engaging conversation. And so I was emailing a ton. That's like all I did. <laughs> no, you still and, did uh, that today because one of my protégés, his name is Rohan Kapoor. He built this app called Contra, which became a featured featured app yeah. on, on iTunes. Before I actually get this interview speaking to you, he was telling me that how you have reached out to him, engaged him, and he even gave advice to my wife, who is also going to be putting her product on Product Hunt as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, this is expanded and it's not... You know, I don't do that as much anymore. I don't look and see you signing up and email them. But you know, throughout entire team, Ben is someone who I know your your wife has been in contact with um, as she's preparing your launch. Like we are very very hands on and we're very reachable on Twitter, on email. Um, what we really want to strive to be is very personable, and it's hard to do as you scale and grow. But it's really important to us that you know there's a personality and there's a human touch to everything about Product Hunt. Yeah. And that comes to managing the stakeholders on the platform. I mean, how do you balance between the community who comes to check out comment and upvote products and also the startup founders who also want to get their products known to the market? Yeah, I mean, there's different reasons why people use Product Hunt. You know, some people use it almost as inspiration and kind of daily news just to see what's happening, what people are building. Some people use it to find something useful, like I need to find you know, a new CRM for my startup, or I need to just, I'm curious, like what emoji apps are out there? I'm kind of looking to have fun. And then there's some people who are launching something or building something and, and they want to use Product Hunt to reach a new audience and get feedback. So there's kind of different reasons why people use it. And the general, well, one thing I will mention is that we certainly can't have every single product that's launched in the world on the homepage of Product Hunt. And so, you know, the, re- the reality is that there's just so many, so much creation happening that we need to build systems to make sure that the quality is high based on what people in the community think is, is good and interesting, but also avoid just having a flood and a fire hose and just so much stuff. And so part of, part of what I would just recommend is, you know, people that are building something, one, it's useful. I believe it's useful if you're building something in technology. It's, it's useful to just understand and see what people are building. 
maybe it's maybe you discover a product that has nothing to do with your what you're building, but they have a really interesting onboarding flow, or they have a really interesting way of marketing their product. All of these things can be inspirational, and you can learn from that. And then just involve yourself in the community is something that can be really beneficial, so that when you do launch, you're you're a recognizable face, and people are like, oh. Uh, Sally, I know Sally. Like she's been in the community, and now she's launching something. That's cool. So those are kind of some some things that we do recommend is, is just having more activity, more engagement, and just being a part of the community if you really want to get involved. So it started off also technology as the product first product category, and then subsequently we see category for games and books, and they are in beta. I like the beta sign on the category. How yeah. do you actually decide in putting a new category into Product Hunt? I mean, in future, you might add other things, maybe, you know, fashion or how, how, what is the kind of considerations that you need to make in order to put a new category onto Product Hunt? I understand yeah. you also launched collections today as well. Yeah, yeah. Today, we just launched a big update to collections, which allows you to follow collections. So this is, this is the most requested feature request in the past several months, actually, is... <laughs> You know, people are creating really interesting things, whether Drew created a, a collection of apps for cancer fighters, which is really kind of a, a very interesting way of segmenting products, like things that would help you fight through that that tragedy and that, that hard, hard time. Others are building, you know, free startup tools and that kind of thing. So, you know, if you want to be updated about when new things are added to those collections, you can just follow it. So that's a big update. Mm. And, you know, collections and, and the things that are getting posted are, are really determining what kind of categories we move into. And a lot of it is just based on, okay, what, what are people gravitating towards? Which kind of big segments of, of products are people liking and upvoting and commenting on? And so early on, we saw games surface and people seem to love games, a lot of upvotes on games, a lot of comments. And we saw also a bigger demand for a subset of the community that really wanted their own place to talk about games and to share games. So we built out games, our first kind of beta channel. And then we saw the same thing happen with books. A lot of people are really into books, and books have their own kind of format, their own way of discussion. And so we wanted to create a separate community, a separate channel for that. And then as we move into others, it's it's a lot of just the same same learnings, like which categories of things are working. So that's that's what we're primarily basing it on, honestly, is is what what's separate enough from the community, but also something that the current user base really loves. I wanted to sort of talk a little bit deeper because one of the things that Product Hunt helped at least a lot of users like myself to do is actually discovering new products up up there. But also mm-hmm. in the same time, because you created things like collections, it, there's also a curation process. So in, undoubtedly, all platforms be, are also involved in the process of curation. So I guess, how do you actually try to balance the discovery and curation process in the platform, because if you are focused a lot more on discovery, curations take a bit bit of a less of backseat, and the same goes otherwise. Such that you know, uh, mm-hmm. you think of something like record labels today; they are actually a curator to music makers. But because of the internet, music makers are now have their own platform to allow discovery. So how that how is that process in your view? That how do you balance the discovery and curation process? Yeah, yeah. Right now. Product Hunt, in the very beginning, it's very much designed around what's new today. Mm. So what mobile app launch, which game launch, what book is out right now. And that's really useful. And that's, that's for the, the people that really want to see a daily feed of new things and stay up to date with what's being created. That's incredibly valuable. But we haven't done as good of a job of surfacing the things from last week or maybe last month or even last year, frankly. Things that have launched in the past that are actually really cool, still useful, and something that people want to find. 
that's where collections are really helpful because they're they're not tied to a specific time. They could be a collection of a product launched several years ago, but it's still relevant and still useful today. And so by kind of expanding on that and allowing people to follow those collections, our hope is that we'll start servicing some of the gems that are that were launched in the past. We also released a big update to search. So search has has been a core product product hunt, not something that I expected in the beginning to be honest, but it just something that people started using more and more, searching for different products and different things. And so we now surface collections at the very top of search results. And these are collections that are curated and have some high high degree of confidence that, that they're of interest to the person searching for a particular thing. We're also exploring an entire front page redesign actually, which is a very interesting design challenge and also one of the riskiest bets that we're going to take. But the new front page will will still encompass some of the what's new today aspects, like the timely hot things today kind of kind of behavior. But what it will also surface are collections and things that are older in the past. And and so there'll there'll be more opportunities to discover older things that are still awesome. And of course, for startup founders, I have a lot of people always talking about trying to get on Product Hunt. In fact, I think I've recently heard that there is a Product Hunt Singapore group where people just, you know, meet up to do that. Maybe to help the Asian startups, what are the do's and the don'ts in Product Hunt for a startup founder in Asia who wants to market their products and generate awareness for their products? I mean, the advice can be also very generic to even the other audience uh, from the other parts of the world as well. Yeah, I think it would, my advice would be really the same for, for all of any, anyone anywhere. One thing I'll mention is that half of our audience is actually outside the U.S. It's actually surprising to me how international the community is from people in uh, you know, Asia, of course, to Vancouver, Berlin, Paris, and so on. We have people all over the world building stuff, which is really rad. And my general advice is, is one, typically on Product Tent, they're only, we, we encourage people to launch things that are available right now that can be purchased or downloaded or used rather than a pre-launch page. And a couple of reasons for that are one, we frankly just get complaints from people. Sometimes people are like, Oh, this, this product looks amazing, but it's not available now. Like I, I, I'm kind of like disappointed after clicking through that I can't play with it. The other complaint that comes up is, Oh, this isn't available now. Is it actually going to exist? Is this actually a real thing? And so typically we really recommend, you know, wait until you're ready, wait until it's available because you don't also want to drive a bunch of traffic to a page that you know won't convert into actual users. You might get some email subscribers in some cases, but in most cases that's not true. So that's like one piece of advice. The other is it's super important to be extremely clear on what your product does. And that's anything from the name and the tagline especially to the landing page itself. I find that a lot of people, they launch their product and they're so heads down, they're, they're so involved in their product that they don't know what it's like to be completely new to it. <laughs> they're they're too involved in it and they describe it in a very complex way or sometimes they get overly um, wordy or sophisticated their language instead of talking about what they do and what their product is for in plain English. So generally it's just good to try and be really clear on what your product does and, and, and how it works rather than get too clever. So those are just a few different things. And and then when you're on there, when when the product's on the best thing is to just be really personable and answer questions and open it up for discussion and avoid marketing speak because people see right through that when it's it's just it looks like a press release. Like no one wants to read a press release. What they really want to do is hear from the founder or the designer or the marketer or whoever. They want to hear them talk about why they built it or answer questions in an honest way. Authenticity is probably the most important ingredient to 
everything in startups, right? That's, that's what you're recommending, basically. Yeah, I love that you use the word authenticity because that's one of five words that we um, at Product Hunt as a company strive to do to be like both personally and um, as a brand and, and a company and a product. Mm, I like that too. So particularly, let's say specifically for something like a hardware startup. I mean, nowadays, a lot of hardware startup founders like to go to crowdfunding sites like Kickstarter, Indiegogo to, to raise money. For mm-hmm. those kind of products, is it better to be at the stage where the Kickstarter campaign starts or is it when the prototype is actually shipped? I mean, if I were to put the hardware ready for crowdfunding, is it also a good time for to be on Product Hunt? Yeah, it's kind of the same advice as before. Generally, it's better to wait until the product's available and shipping. Mm. And we do have some Kickstarters, Indiegogo campaigns, or Crowd, or Tilt rather, campaigns on there, but very few, in part because the same kind of concern comes up from people. They say, oh, this isn't actually available now. Some people have doubts that it will even get funded or even get built. And so, you know, it's better just to wait until till it's ready and available cool i'm a subscriber of the product hunt radio podcast so how did a podcast project come about for you then yeah yeah so i i love podcasts i've been listening to them for i can't remember forever whether i'm like traveling or at the gym or working whatever it may be and i i just love podcasts and so I, how long has it been it's probably it's been over a year now when i started the first episode i actually recorded it only about two blocks from here with sean and furcon from monkey inferno at their office, and I was like, "All right, I just I really love podcasts. Now this product hunt thing is like something I'm working on. Maybe I can just now I have an excuse. <laughs> I have an excuse to do a podcast, and so I just did it. And then I continued doing it with a bunch of other awesome people. It just kind of taken off from there. So I, I have not done a podcast in a long time, though. I've been so busy that I haven't been able to prioritize it. But Eric Torenberg on the team, he's he's been kicking ass and, and doing a, kind of a variation of the product hunt radio." podcast. We're just calling it Maker Stories, but he's been talking with all kinds of founders, investors, book authors, entertainers, and doing really in-depth one-on-ones with them, interviews. And he's just, he's actually, his skill in in interviewing and and doing a podcast has, has grown tremendously over the past nine months or so. I'm going to just ask this. I'm a podcaster myself. I mean, I've seen podcasts being featured. If I want to get my podcast analyze Asia on Product Hunt, how do I do that? Yeah, so I, I kind of been bou- uh, skirting around what I mentioned earlier, but we are expanding into podcasts, actually, um, as our fourth category, fourth channel. And I'm really excited as you know someone who loves podcasts and also someone who knows that there's this huge long tail of interesting, cool podcasts out there. Our goal is to create a channel and a community where people can share cool episodes of, of podcasts. So not necessarily shows per se, but actual episodes. Oh. There might be something like this episode here might be more relevant to the product and community than uh, you know the show in general. Or maybe you have some interesting guest on that, that you want to have a conversation about. Each time you have an episode, a podcast that airs, you can have it on Product Hunt and it can be its own conversation, own place for people to talk about it, to listen to it, and so on. So we're actually in the middle of doing a, a private beta right now and we'll be launching next week publicly. Mm. It's going to be, I'm, I'm really excited. And for my listeners, you are probably going to see the category go up because that I think that will be them when we publish because it takes a few days to edit the podcast for me as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so there is this Last bit, which I want to talk to you because you wrote a book with Neil Al called yeah. Hooked, A Guide to Building Habit-Forming Products. I mean, it's, it's a pretty good book, actually. I, I actually read it. I think probably how did you get involved in the project and what is the underlying message for that book? Yeah, so I actually, this goes back to, 
you know, what I mentioned before is I moved to San Francisco and, and got more involved in the startup community. And I at one point wrote this blog post of 13 people I want to meet in, I think, 2013. So this was like written late 2012. And Nier was on, on that list. And I wrote that. And at one point, I finally emailed him. I was like, hey, Nier, I love your writing. I've been following his blog for so long. You know, would you like, like to meet up? I'd just love to meet with you. Um, so we met up down in Palo Alto and we grabbed a burger. No, actually, salad. I think we both skipped the burger. <laughs> it was at a burger joint. So, but yeah, we, we met up and we got to chatting and we instantly connected. A lot of the ways that he thinks are very similar to me. And I had a lot of, a lot of respect for, I do have a lot of respect for what he's done and what he's written. And so at the very end of our, our dinner, he was like, hey, um, you know, right? I wasn't actually thinking about this at all, but, you know, just as we've been chatting, I'm working on this book. Would you like to help? Um, would you like to work on it with me? Uh, and at the time, I was like, that sounds really interesting. I would love to do that. I was blogging more, so I enjoyed writing. But I was like, okay, I don't want to commit to anything I can't actually, you know, actually execute on. So let me think about it. And I thought about it for a few days, and I was like, let's do it. This would be fun. I, I would love to, to be a part of it. And I just started helping him write. Now, I, one, learned that it's a lot of work. It's a hell of a lot of work to write a book. And Hooked is, is actually a relatively short read, so I can't even imagine people writing 300, 400-page books. And then two, you know, I will emphasize that, like, he, it's really, it's Nier's book. Like, I contributed a lot to it, but it's really his his thought process and, and everything he's done and worked towards and his research he's done is is the core of the book. I, I just am really impressed with what he's done. And the, the book's done amazing. If you look on Amazon, it's super, it's one of the highest ratings uh, you can get. And it was one of the bestsellers for a while on Amazon um, shortly after it's published. So it's, it's doing well. I guess the underlying message of the book is about habit-forming products. I think, yeah. yeah. Why, why, is it, why are habits so important for people who build products? Is it because to try to create the habits in the users itself or trying to reinforce their daily routine with the product? Yeah, itself? it's about habits, but it's also just really about engagement. And if you build something that people don't engage with, they don't use, they don't come back to, then then what have you built? You built nothing of use, um, nothing that people want to keep. Now, that, that's, there are exceptions, of course. There are things that you buy once. Like when you buy an automobile, BMW does not need to build habits per se. Like you're not building a, a BMW every week, are you? <laughs> At least I sure, certainly am not. There's, I guess, this big asterisk of like a lot of products do not need to be habit forming or used frequently. But for a lot of technology companies, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, all of these companies need to have users coming back frequently, ideally every day, if not multiple times per day. And the, the reality is that without those habits, they will not have the engagement and the growth that, that you know they've demonstrated right now. You also can't pay for users. Like you, you can't pay if, if all of your acquisition and re-engagement was was paid acquisition, that would not be financially feasible. <laughs> the other interesting thing though with with hooked and, and with habits is is that you can make an argument that increasingly so habits and user psychology understanding it are becoming more important, particularly as you know technology becomes so embedded within everything we do. Whether it's the phone in your pocket to you know the Apple Watch that's just a flip flip from your your wrist to eventually wearables that are embedded inside your skin, like things like this are are becoming more a part of our communications, the social fabric of our culture. And as that as that happens, the opportunity, but also kind of the the risk in some ways of of habits and, and how people and technology interface. In, it increases. There's a, there's a lot of, I guess, opportunity there. 
And I think that the framework that you all use called the hook model, I mean, talking about triggers, action, variable, and investment. In, in your view, what, what products have you seen on Product Hunt that best map to the framework about being hooked? Yeah. Interesting question. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of different flows or hooks uh, in most successful habit forming products like Pinterest and Twitter and, and Facebook, like I mentioned before, they have multiple different hooks that, that bring the users back. I'm trying to think of, of a product, a more recent product that, that demonstrates that. You know, you could say, let's take Meerkat. Meerkat launched maybe six, seven months ago, and it blew up. It, it got a lot of users very, very quickly. And part of that is because it does demonstrate a lot of the, the hooked model. And in fact, I, I know Ben Rubin, the CEO of Meerkat, and he read Hooked uh, before building Meerkat. I know that he read Hooked, and, and he and Nier have connected, and, and they've uh, you know talked a lot about this. But he, he used this framework. Uh, to an extent to build Meerkat and build it to what it is today. And part of it is just, you know, there's a number of different hooks within in Meerkat itself, but that's one of the products that comes to mind is, is one that's done it really well. My penultimate question is, what keeps you awake at night about Product Hunt? <laughs> uh, let's see. I mean, it's kind of all startups are sort of this like hurry up, hurry up but wait kind of mode. If that makes sense, so yeah. Yeah. you're always kind of running. You you know you need you have a limited timeline. Um, in some ways, startups' ultimate goal is just to continue living to to the, the next day. <laughs> um, and you know, so part of it is just the anxiousness of okay, we have these cool ideas. Let's let's build them. Like hopefully they work. Let's and let's do keep doing it. So you know, we're working this front page. We're working on a few other big things. I don't know if they're going to work yet. Is the truth. Like you never really know if your features and your product are going to work until it's out there. So that's probably my biggest biggest fear is like the the understanding of the reality of startups is that you never really know until it's out there. You can play some really good bets, you can take some swings, and you're going to totally miss some of those swings. But hopefully, you hit more home runs than strikes. Mm, well, that's pretty interesting perspective. But I guess I will get you back again at some point, maybe talk a little bit more about how product hunt evolves but actually just 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 the last thought have you has have anybody actually put product hunt on product hunt before <laughs> i think on day one nathan and i posted product hunt if you go back you can search for it it's it's in there it's i, I don't know how many upvotes it got but <laughs> i don't think it got very many because we only had maybe a couple thousand people on the site <laughs> oh, so you can do a flashback and put that back on again <laughs> yeah yeah we should um maybe we'll we'll repost it once we do our big front page redesign and my last question is how do my audience find you yeah you can find me on twitter i'm rr hoover and i am on twitter all the time i am uh command tabbing to tweet deck so i will probably see your tweet and most likely reply um if i don't reply i probably missed your tweet <laughs> um, and then then i'm also at ryanhoover.me where i haven't blogged as much at all recently i uh, just been a little bit busy but i have i don't know how many hundreds of essays uh, in the past written there <laughs> yeah and i think you also have a medium that you actually write a lot of articles in fact while yeah. preparing for this interview i actually read up a lot of the articles that you've written yeah yeah that's right on on that Yep. So you can find me at bernardleong.com or at bleongcw. Uh, our Twitter handle for Analyze Asia is A-N-A-L-Y-S-E Asia. And you can find us at Stitcher, iTunes and SoundCloud and drop us a rating. So five stars to one star. And of course, feedback will be great. 
Once again, Ryan, this is a great interview. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and I look forward to speak to you again. Yes, thanks so much.